0: welcome to the reset podcast this is 30 minutes a week where you get to focus on your personal evolution through a casual spiritual conversation i'm your host liz tran i am an executive coach and a meditation teacher and together we will work through how to live as your highest and best self with one foot firmly planted in the real world hi guys it's liz And today we are talking about letting go of the need to control, which is a topic that is very, very near and dear to my heart because my life has essentially revolved around a desire to control the situation around me, my future, my past, the people in my life. And I'm just now getting to a really beautiful point in clarity of dropping that. And letting go of that. And I wanted to share with you today some of the things that I've been thinking about over the past couple weeks in particular about this topic, some of the things I've been reading, and just to see if you guys feel the same. I mean, it's been a pretty crazy couple weeks. I've been back in New York for four weeks now. And, you know, I got back here After four months in Canada, not really having my own space in Canada, you know, bouncing from Airbnb to Airbnb and never having a situation that felt like home or felt exactly right, which was very, very triggering for me because I moved almost every year when I was growing up. I went to four different elementary schools, two different middle schools, two high schools, and it always felt like I was the new kid. I never really felt like I had Home. You know, I think a lot of my friends would talk about their childhood homes with a lot of wistfulness and a lot of sort of nostalgia. And I just couldn't even ever think of a place that held that same meaning for me because I was never in anywhere long enough and it never felt really permanent. So going back to Canada and moving around so much and just dropped me back to that situation of being so. Out of control of my life when I was a little kid. And I remember that sense of feeling out of control when my mom would tell me that we were once again moving. And I would just feel like, oh my gosh, like I just started to make friends. I just started to get my bearings about me. And so in Canada, it really, really, really brought me back to that situation, even though what I was experiencing was totally different, right? Like I'm an adult now, I am actually in control of my life. Well, you know, there's still a lot of things I can't control, but I ultimately have responsibility over myself, right? I'm not dependent on my mom for my basic needs. I can take care of those myself. So even though the situation changed, I felt so much of this like desire to want to control again. And then I got back to New York and I was just so happy to be back in my own space, back in my own apartment that I love so much, back on my own routine, back in the space of my own emotions. You know, the thing about living around other people, namely my husband's family, as much as you love them, you know, you're still living every day with their emotions and what they're going through added on to what you're experiencing as well. So it was great just to be in my own space again. And the first couple weeks, I just kind of vegged. Like I watched a lot of Netflix. I watched all of Indian Matchmaker. I just. Eat a lot of pizza, <laughs> which I'm allergic to. I'm allergic to like dairy and gluten. But I really wanted some New York pizza. I saw a bunch of friends. I slept in really late. You know, I drank, which I don't normally drink very much, but I went out a few nights with friends and I had some wine, which I normally wouldn't do. And then the full moon in Aquarius hit on August 3rd, and it was like crazy. I felt this total need to transform and to make really big changes in my life which I'm still experiencing right now. And I haven't felt this type of energetic push to do personal work and make big changes in my life in a long time. So I'm curious how many of you guys out there felt a similar or even just felt an intense burst of energy around August 3rd, which was the full moon eclipse in Aquarius. And Aquarius is all about innovation and the future and moving us forward. And And I really, really felt it. I have a lot of personal planets in Aquarius as well. I have a, four planets in Aquarius. So I really, really felt it and I felt super charged. So I started doing a new eating program based on this book called Woman Code by Alyssa Viddy, I think that's how you pronounce her name. And I read a bunch of books and I had this big breakthrough around control and how I've been trying to control my life. So I think the best way to maybe to understand what I'm talking about is through a quote that I read around this time when everything was changing for me. So this comes from a talk by Pema Chodron. It's called Lousy World, and you can YouTube the video of it. It's just a couple minutes long, but I love Pema Chodron. I mean, she has been my foremost guide in navigating all those bombs of craziness that drop into your life sometimes, like so, she is a Buddhist nun. She was married before she got divorced, and, you know, sort of her healing process from that led her onto the spiritual path. And I feel really similarly. I was married before I got divorced, and that experience led me onto my spiritual path. And I read a lot of Pema Chodron when I was healing, and I still do. I mean, I turned to her when the pandemic was just starting up and I felt a real sense of not understanding what was going on and how to control my world any longer because the variables had changed. So this is a teaching that I've been thinking about a lot recently and I think provides a really great metaphor for what I'm talking about today. Okay. This is Pema Chodron talking. This lousy world, these lousy people, this lousy government, this lousy everything, lousy weather, lousy blah, blah, blah. We're pissed off. It's too hot in here. It's too cold. I don't like the smell. The person in front is too tall and the person next to me is too fat. That person is wearing perfume and I'm allergic to it and just, ugh. It's like being barefooted and walking across blazing hot sand or across cut glass or in a field with thorns. Your feet are bare and you say, this is just too hard. It's really hurting. It's terrible. It's too sharp. It's too painful. It's too hot. But you have a great idea. You're just going to cover everywhere you go with leather and then it won't hurt your feet anymore. Spreading leather everywhere so you can cover the pain is like saying I'm going to get rid of her and get rid of him. I'm going to get the temperature right and I'm going to ban perfume in the world and then there will be nothing that bothers me anywhere. I'm going to get rid of everything, including mosquitoes. That bothers me. Anywhere in the world, anything that bothers me, and then I'll be a very happy, content person." We're laughing, but it's what we all do. That is how we approach things. We think if we could just get rid of everything or cover it with leather, our pain would go away. Well, sure, because then it wouldn't be cutting our feet anymore. It's just logical, isn't it? But it doesn't make any sense, really. Shanti Deva said, but if you simply wrap the leather around your feet, in other words, if you put on shoes, then you could walk across the boiling sand and the cut glass and the thorns and it wouldn't bother you. So the analogy is if you work with your mind, instead of trying to change everything on the outside, that's how your temper will cool down. So I thought that was so beautiful because it made me realize that what I was doing while I was in Victoria in Canada was trying to cover the world with leather. So basically, we spent the first two weeks in quarantine, um, Dev's parents' neighbor's house and I just hated it. It was so messy. I mean, they were so kind to let us stay in the house while they were gone, but I thought of a million things that were wrong with it. It was cluttered. It was dusty. I hated the way it was designed. There was no light. I didn't have any space to work. You know, I couldn't do my own grocery shopping. I had to rely on Dev's parents. And obviously, you know, that's a really pessimistic way of looking at things, but that's the mindset that I was in. And so I thought, oh, just as soon as we leave this place, I'll feel so much better. So then we left that place. We went to Dev's parents' house and you know, we had some problems with the dog because they think that dogs should be kind of treated differently than I do. Like they wanted the dog not to go upstairs. They wanted the dog not to do X, Y, and Z, to sit on the couch, blah, blah, blah. And I really like seeing my dog all the time. You know, I want my dog to sleep in the same room as me. And so then I thought, oh, well, we just need to get out of here so I can like, to my dog and live my life the way that I want. So immediately we packed up and we found an Airbnb. We moved there. And then I just thought, oh, you know, great. This is perfect. I'll set up my little writing corner. I'll get a lot of writing done. And for a while it was pretty good. But then I thought of other reasons why I was uncomfortable there. I didn't like the house. Deb didn't like the house. We didn't like the way it was designed. It was far away. The neighborhood was too crowded. You know, there are a million, a million, million reasons And then I also thought, you know, what are we doing here in Victoria? Like, I'm not with my family, my life, you know, we're with your family. I wanna go to the beach. So we tried to solve for my mood again. And then we packed up and we rented a little cabin in the woods and the forest and the beach. And then we got there and I was really happy and it was great. But then I was like, oh, this is too expensive. We're spending so much money. You know, I'm not making as much money as I normally do because it's the pandemic. And, you know, like we're paying for our rent in New York and that's expensive. And we have this house that's expensive. And so I couldn't even enjoy being there in beautiful, beautiful Tofino, right by the beach, surfing every day, watching the sunset with my dog because I felt just, I just felt like there was something else to solve for, which was the cost and the expense. So then we went back and we got a cheaper Airbnb in Victoria and that was really small. Our neighbor was really nosy. We were basically living in a studio and then we came up with the idea to get married. So then we got married. We moved back to his parents' house. This is all this moving again. And then the whole time I was in Canada, I just kept saying, oh, as soon as I get back to New York, everything's going to be okay. As soon as I get back to New York, everything's going to be okay. And then I got back to New York and I realized that I was still coming up with reasons to be miserable. And so it's just like that reading, that Pema Chodron story that I just read. You know, I was trying to solve for each of my issues with every single place we stayed in. I was trying to wrap the world in leather to make it perfect for me so I never had to complain. But really, what I should have been doing was working on my mind and working on my sense of... Personal resilience, because that's really what was off, right? I was not seeing all the ways that I could change my life, right? And so I started thinking about this and I started reading some more. And one of the books that I read this week is called The Joy of Genius. And something that they talk about in this tiny little book that I really liked is that, you know, a great way to tap into your genius is just to stop thinking about all the things that you cannot control. (laughs) Because thinking about them doesn't really do anything. And the top four things that we waste our time thinking about, that we can do nothing about, are actually the top four things that sap us and deplete us of our energy. So those things are the past, the future, what other people think of you, right? And what you're thinking about yourself. And so I tracked basically how much, how many, what percentage of my thoughts fall into those four buckets, right? So the past, the future, what other people think of me, and the things, the negative criticisms that I'm thinking about myself. And it was quite a bit of my day that was spent doing that, right? It's like the past. I was thinking, oh, I should have made this decision instead of that decision. The future Oh, are people, are enough people going to sign up to this new coaching program that I'm doing? Am I going to make enough money from this? Even though right now in this moment, I'm totally fine. I'm totally okay. Life is good. I was worrying about a potential future that might be worse than where I am now. What other people think of me? You know, right now I'm. I'm doing a lot of interviews with founders of tech companies because I'm starting this program that's coaching circles for founders of early stage tech companies. And so I'm doing these conversations that are meant to both help me understand if I want to extend an invitation for this person to join the group, right? If they seem like they would be additive and if they seem like they are open-minded and into personal growth and self-reflection, And also, I'm talking to them so they can see whether or not they want to join the group too. So we're both evaluating each other. And sometimes I get off those calls and just be stressed out and think, oh, what did that person think of me? Should I have said something else? And I realized me thinking about and worrying about and having anxiety about what a person thinks of me doesn't do anything to change the situation. And it doesn't do anything but just stress me out right and there's also no way to ever know what someone else is thinking unless they tell you no amount of speculation and guessing can ever get you to the real answer and then lastly like what i think about myself you know i noticed that i really have been really hard on myself where i you know would eat some pizza and then i would think oh god like why am i eating pizza god what does this mean what does this mean about me what does this mean about my life maybe it just means that I wanted to eat pizza. And so I have been really trying to have a moratorium about worrying about the past, the future, what other people think about me, and having negative thoughts about myself. So if there's anything that you can do right now is just to realize that no amount of thinking about the past, thinking about the future, thinking about what other people think of you, and worrying about yourself can ever 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 make you happier like that desire to control your life right to control your past to control your future it doesn't actually control anything right as much as we want to control what other people think of us we can't actually ever do that right and i was thinking a lot about this where i spent so much of my life in college controlling what people thought of me right Of trying to present a certain image of myself. I didn't want people to know that I was from a really poor family. I didn't want people to know that I was raised by a single mom. I didn't want people to know that I didn't, you know, fit into their world, you know, that I was struggling to make ends meet. I just wanted to seem like everything was fun and everything was really great. And one day I was talking to a friend of a friend and he basically was like, oh, you know, well, and I thought this was someone who like, we always had a bond and like, maybe he like had a crush on me or something. And then he was just like, oh yeah. And also like, he made some comment about how I was totally an insane drinker and partier and made really bad decisions. And I was so mortified because I felt like I spent all this time trying to alter the way that I was perceived. And what I didn't realize is that people were still seeing me however they wanted to see me, right? It's like whack-a-mole. You can like try to control the way that people perceive you, but then as soon as you, you know, address that, then there's another thing about you that pops up. And that's because we are three-dimensional, well-rounded people full of complexities that are so beautiful and that there's no way to try to control yourself to fit into a two-dimensional box, right? It's like, you know, I think a lot of people spend a lot of time worrying about what people think about X, Y, and Z, but really what people are thinking about is A, B, and C, right? And we just have to realize that it's a futile task. And so right now you might be saying, okay, Liz, easier said than done. How can I actually just let go of my need to control the situation? And so what I will say is that you don't actually need to completely kill your need or desire to control, right? That's actually impossible. That's trying to control your desire to control. And really, what it is, it's just about self awareness, right? It's about stepping back and seeing and having self awareness about what you're doing, right? So, the next time you, you know, let's say you're interviewing right now for a job, and then you get off the phone and you feel like a wreck. I wonder what they thought of me. I really want this job. Did they like me? And then what you say is you just say, oh, wow. Liz, wow, look what you're doing. Look what you're doing. You're trying to control the past. You're trying to go back in time and make sense of what happened. When really, you cannot control what that interviewer thought of you. You did the best that you could, and now it's time to let go of that. And so just in that moment where you can separate how you feel from the seat of your soul, who you actually are, that is where the power comes from, right? you can let yourself be in it and then just indulge that wave of like, oh my gosh, what did they think of me? I feel so anxious, right? Maybe then you like go on your phone to escape a little bit or you, you know, do something to distract yourself from these bad feelings or you can just sit with them and you step back and you take this 10,000 foot view and you think, oh, I see what I'm doing there. I'm having this worry and anxiety about nothing. I'm having this worry and anxiety about something that I can't actually change or fix okay, this is happening. This is happening. And then what you do in that moment is that you just shift your attention to something that you can actually do, right? That will improve your happiness or the happiness of someone else. And so in that moment, what you say is you say, you know what? Worrying is not going to change how that interviewer perceived me. What I'm going to do now is pick up my pen and pick up my journal and I'm going to make a short list, some short bullet points of things I can do in the next 10 minutes that will make me feel better, make me feel good, make me feel nourished and supported or can make someone else feel nourished and supported. And that's the thing, we have to live in the moment. We have to live in the present. And so that mechanism of taking to the pen and making a short list of things you can do in the exact moment, it grounds you, it presences you it brings you back to this feeling of, okay, I'm in the here and the now. I'm not stressing out about the past. I'm not freaking out about the future that hasn't even happened yet. I'm not worrying about what other people think. I'm just bringing myself back, bringing my attention back to me and what I can do to be supportive and nourishing of me. And so that's what I've been working with over the past couple weeks. It's been really great. And where I've really brought my attention to what can make me happier and nourished and more supported has really been my food. So this is just to wrap up this little talk today. I wanted to talk about Woman Code, that book that I read. It is amazing. And essentially, it's a book that... Is written by this amazing nutritionist, and she is so, 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 so wonderful where she did all this research to help cure her own PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, that she could not get any help from doctors for. So they told her she had PCOS and they wanted to put her on a bunch of medications. And she thought, you know, I don't think I should do this. And I have had a really similar journey. Like I was on birth control since I was 17 years old. So 17 to 34. So basically I was on birth control for over half my life for 17 years. My entire adult life, essentially, I was on birth control and it really masked A lot of the hormonal imbalance I had even before getting on birth control. And that's what doctors were always trying to do. Instead of fixing the actual hormonal imbalances, they just tried to cover up the symptoms, both for me and for the author of this book, Woman Code. And this is what I realized from reading Woman Code is, you know, I had really bad acne when I was younger. And so they put me on this pill called Spironolactone, which would suppress some hormone and my acne cleared up completely, right? And I was so addicted to it. When I didn't take the spironolactone, then, you know, I would totally break out in these big cystic acne lumps. And, you know, you actually can't be on spironolactone for too long. You have to be on it for like three months and then come off of it for a month. So I was constantly getting blood tests to monitor the amount of spironolactone. But really, what I should have been treating was like the actual hormonal imbalance that was causing that instead of just masking the symptoms. So I read Woman Code and I really wanted to read it because my hormones have felt really off to me ever since I've stopped taking birth control. And my doctor, my gynecologist, has not been any help. I literally went to go get a pap smear and I told her that I was worried that my hormones were really off balance just because I've been looking at my cervical mucus and I've been looking at my periods, which are very short and um, very light and it feels like i'm not producing enough like uterine lining and they don't seem like healthy periods and also my discharge is not tracking the way it should given my monthly cycles and she straight up said being on birth control has nothing to do with your hormones it doesn't affect your hormones and i was just like how could that be possible when you're giving your body synthetic hormones for 17 years how couldn't that not impact Your actual natural way of creating hormones, and so I just thought, okay, like the doctor, this doctor is not going to help me. I think there are a lot of great doctors who could, right? You know, I have a lot of friends who love their doctors and really buy into this, you know, the connection between the, you know, what you eat, your mind, body, soul, et cetera. So I picked up Alyssa's book because I, you know, a friend had given it to me a year and a half ago. I'd been too busy to read it, and then suddenly I decided, you know, I should read that book. So I went and I picked it up and I read it and I immediately did her four day cleanse. And within three days, all my acne cleared up totally. And I have little, you know, I've always dealt with little bumps on my back and my chest and bigger bumps on my face. And really literally within a couple of days, everything was totally uninflamed, had shrunk down and my blackheads were starting to disappear. It was so amazing. I didn't get any new outbreaks um, or not outbreaks, but breakouts. And I was like, wow, this is wonderful. And then the biggest part of it was that the woman code cleanse doesn't tell you what you can't eat, which is like all the cleanses that I've ever been on. It just tells you what you should eat. That's good for your body that you should put into it. Like what your body needs during different parts of your cycle. And so I was, it was the week of my period. And so using the recipes in woman code. I've been cooking like based on that. And I've been not afraid to eat as much as I want because I'm filling my body with like delicious fruits and vegetables. And so now I've really moved to this diet. I've just been doing this now for about eight days now, where I did four days of the cleanse. And now I'm doing five days of just eating according to woman code. And I'm eating probably 70 to 80% vegetables and fruits. And then I'm eating about the rest of that is protein, whether it's nut butters or animal product meats, um, animal flesh. And I feel so good. I have such good energy. I'm sleeping through the night. I've really learned more about vegetables, right? <laughs> like I've learned what properties they have, what they do, why some are good. You know, like there's different vegetables that are great for hydrating. There are vegetables that are great for building more blood. There are vegetables that are great for balancing your adrenals. And so it's just been really cool to be focused on my health and my eating. And that feels like something that I can do that's really productive, right? I can plan really beautiful recipes and make them for myself. And that feels like a better use of my time than worrying, anxiety, trying to control the past, trying to control the future. And I just feel really happy for probably the first time ever in my life. I feel really, really happy and I feel like everything is okay. You know, and obviously, like, there's so much in the world that needs to change and the massive injustices and the massive prevalence of racism and inequality in the world is so depressing and so disparaging. And I'm just going to hold that to the side for a minute. But I think in terms of my life, I have gotten to the point where, like, there's nothing for me to worry about. I just have trust and I have faith that things are going to be okay. And I don't spend my time worrying about the future. What I spend my time worrying about is how to nourish myself, how to support myself. And then also I can then give my energy to the civil rights movement and everything that's happening that needs our voice when it comes to politics. And when it comes to being a good human in the world, like that's where I can put my energy. And in a way it feels like the most true and most loving way to honor life is to stop trying to control it, stop take, stop worrying about it, stop having anxiety about it, and then funneling that towards what you can actually do in the next 10 minutes to help yourself or to help another person. So that's really where I am. I feel really good. Check out Women Code. It's such a woman positive book that's really like, you're a woman, you deserve to feed your body. You don't need to starve your body, which is really how I've felt Basically, my whole life with cleanses is I felt like they're about me policing what I put into my body and me being really diligent about knowing all the things that are harmful for my body and not letting them in. And this is really different. This is about embracing what your body wants and craves and gives your body life. And I just love that about it. Like it's, you don't feel like you need to restrict yourself in any way. And then also it teaches you a lot about your cycles and encourages encourages you to live your life according to your cycle. So when you're on your period or when you are going through your luteal phase, then you don't need to stick to the same exercise routine, you know, the same hour of cardio and weightlifting as you do when you're going through your follicular phase, right? Because you have more energy in your follicular phase. And and so it was just really cool to learn that like I can honor the ebbs and flows of my life. I don't need to try to control my body to do the exact same work out every single day to get better and better and better at it. I can let my body rest during whole weeks because that's what my cycle needs. So anyway, I loved talking to you guys about this. Just a recap, the books for this week are Woman Code by Alyssa Fiddy, and we also have The Joy of Genius by Gay Hendricks, which talks about that control And then lastly, from last week to The Surrender Experiment, which is a great way, a great book for thinking about how to let go of control. And if you guys want to check out that talk that I read earlier by Pema Chodron, it's called Lousy World. I cannot wait to talk to you guys again next week. And send me your thoughts and comments. I want to hear if you guys had a similar experience around the full moon in Aquarius on August 3rd, if you suddenly felt propelled to make big changes in your life. So you can write to info at resetnyc.com for any comments and questions about the podcast. And thank you guys for joining. You guys are amazing. And I will see you next week.